Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. All right, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Woo. All right. I, it's... The only reason that I'm able to garner that kind of fanfare is because I, Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve, am sitting with my co-host, the esteemed exploding unicorn, James Breakwell. And it could be my imagination, but I think our false applause gets a little bit louder and more enthusiastic every time. I mean, the, the fake people love us. They really love us. We That is our target demographic, to be honest with you. Yes, the less real, the better. That's exactly right. James Breakwell, and he's a guy that your mother warned you about, but not in the bad way. You can do the math on that one. You know, my uh, my mom actually listened to one of our podcasts before, and she she refused she refused to believe that you were really a psychologist, but oh. she would accept that you were a turtle psychologist. So I don't know if that I, it <laughs> tells you how much credibility you come across with. Uh, well, you met in the middle on that one. I like that. Yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, it was more believable. I've actually said a lot of nice things about you over time. I said you were a turtle psychologist. Yep. I said that you saved a goldfish with CPR. I, didn't, I said you got a warlock certificate. And I said you loaned me $20 and didn't expect to pay, have it paid back. I, I'm still, there's, I'm, I'm looking over the contract situation on that one, but <laughs> all right. Do you want me to say another nice thing now, or do we need to get into our topic first? I'll let you be the, the master of procedures here. I will never turn down a compliment, even if it's one that is given under duress. <laughs> those are the best. In fact, as far as I know, those are the only kind of compliments. <laughs> That's right. Tomato, tomato. I don't know. All right. But I just wanted to compliment you on your speedy recovery from your shoulder injury. Is it, is it feeling better? It's not bad, but I am a little older, so it takes more time to mend. And I know you probably don't want the listeners to know this, but you had to have a speedy recovery because you dislocated your shoulder, pulling the toilet paper off the wall because you foolishly rolled it overhand. And thereby got the injury. Had it been underhand, your shoulder would never have separated. We are like M. Night Shyamalan. We've done enough shows that we can reference ourselves now. Yes, this is, I assume everybody has listened to all of them and taken notes. This is, this is an earlier debate that I won decisively. And afterwards, Steve promised, promised on his mother's grave. I don't know if she's dead or not, but promised he was going to turn around all of his toilet paper to be rolled underhand. Well, that should... <laughs> That toilet paper re-aggravated an old shoulder injury from high school, and I will just leave the rest up to your imagination. <laughs> but James Breakwell, not many people know this, but he broke Mr. Owl's record and got to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop in only two licks because he has that golden tongue that you can hear coming through in every one of these podcasts for Wrong and Wronger. Well, it's kind of a common misconception. I actually licked it once, and then what they count as the second lick was just me swallowing it. It was the stomach acid doing the work, you know. It it really it, it's really all the more impressive because I didn't even pull it off the stick; it just all went down there. You know what? I I had a point to prove, and I think I proved it. They could not find the stick in the aftermath either. <laughs> Who was looking? Just... Well, the two guys there from Guinness—they were there to record the event. Man, you have a, they have the worst job in the world. I wondered what they were doing in the bathroom with me. <laughs> well, what is our topic going to be today, Mr. Breakwell? Well, we're going to change it up because it seems like half of our topics have been about things that we eat. Today we're going to talk about things that eat us, ooh, which ooh. is more terrifying 
bears or sharks? So this is just on a sheer terror scale. Well, do, I guess we can measure it however you want. Do we want to maybe do it for effective, maybe deadliness? Should we maybe do it deadliness rather than fear? Because deadliness you can measure. Either, you're either dead or you're not. With fear, there's kind of some gray area. <laughs> Death is a binary event. I got to hand it to you. You've got right, that we'll, one nailed we'll, down. We'll go with most deadly then. All right. Speaking of binary events, I have the coin today. I've got a full two bits in my hand, a quarter, 25 cents that I will be flipping. And we will make heads be sharks and tails be bears, and you will be the honorary recipient of the coin's flip of fate. Uh, there's not a lot of room here in Journey 2 Studios with both of us sitting here. I'm uh, in I, my underwear. Can I ask you about, yeah. the, about the name here as an yeah. aside? Why is it Journey 2 Studios? Is there a Journey 1 Studio? What's going yeah. on with that? Yeah. yeah, Journey 1 Studio, actually, you would be even more uncomfortable because that was my wife's end of our walk-in closet. And uh, now I have constructed, through a massive uh, undertaking, I've constructed Journey 2 Studio in our spare bedroom. So what I'm hearing is, is you came out of the closet. I did come out of the closet, and I tweeted that before I even thought about what I was tweeting, and that <laughs> became a thing. But I don't want to revisit old traumas because it'll rip the scab off the wound, and then I'll probably depersonalize and start speaking in tongues and not get to the center of a Tootsie Tootsie Pop. But I have the quarter... And so, you, all right. I, let's say heads you, is sharks. Heads is sharks. I, I've tails said is that. bears. I have Did said you? that. We've established. I, you know, this I, is the problem so with now. arguing with you. You don't listen to my side. Are you my wife? What's going on here? <laughs> yes, yes. I, the dude sitting in front of you in underpants is your wife. Imagine the life choices you've made, my friend. <laughs> well, the coming out of the closet bit makes a bit more sense now. <laughs> I'm flipping. I'm not going to let you derail my mojo here again. <laughs> All right, it is, it hit, hold on, can you, sorry, I moved away from the mic there. I have to reach under the table, careful. It is tails, you are bears. I am bears, bears. well that's good, because that's the right argument, but because I don't want you to cry, I'm going to let you go first, just so you can say some things while you know you don't have tears going through your beard. You know, I can't even remember the name of the movie that came out about three weeks ago. It's something like 48 feet or 48 meters or something like that. That movie is one of the most tense roller coaster ride scariest experiences you will ever encounter in a theater because, one word, sharks. That there's something claustrophobic about being underwater with a shark because they have the advantage. Not only that, you're claustrophobic in the open air just floating on top of the surface because the sharks, they come up like missiles from underneath. And before you even know it, you're in their belly and you're looking around thinking, how the hell did I get here? That's what a shark can do. A shark will take appendages. A shark will take a chunk out of you and just swim off and sleep like a baby that night because they are the sociopaths of nature. Mother Nature serial killers. That's what she calls them, actually. Sharks. Sharks can swim up to 40 miles an hour. Sharks have teeth growing out of the side of their skull like they are lean, mean, eating machine. Have you seen Jaws? Jaws scared people in the 70s already on Amity Island. They knew just how terrifying sharks could be, and that spread all the way down into the Gulf. If you remember all the shark attacks from a few years ago, people were afraid to take a bath. And I got two more words for you, Mr. Unicorn. Shark Week. Nothing can be so gripping as to capture a nation, a world, as a shark to get a whole week of programming dedicated to their honor. That's all I need to say for right now, because you got nothing compared to that. 
Well, I'm glad you you made your ending so clear and concise, so I knew where to where to jump in. You are the master <laughs> of transitions. You're much better at transitioning than you are at arguing. Um, <laughs> let's let's take Shark Week first of all. The whole point of Shark Week, and I've seen Shark Week a million times, is to talk about how we shouldn't kill sharks because sharks are our friends. Sharks don't want to <laughs> hurt us. Sharks only bite us if they think you're a turtle. You know your area of expertise, wow. and then they bite you once and they go away. They just don't care. But here's the thing with every movie about sharks, like I can solve every one of those movies in one word. Right. Somebody comes up to you, hey, do you want to go swimming? No. End of movie. <laughs> Roll credits. It's over. It's like Jaws. What are you, what are you even doing out there? Why are you looking for this shark? Who cares? You have all of this land we can be on at 30% of the earth. Yeah, sharks can have the other 70%, but we have we have no compelling reason to be in the water at this point in our evolution. And when we are in the water, we can be stories above it on giant boats. Like when's when's the last time you heard of a shark sinking a tanker or a battleship? It can't. It just they just swim around uselessly below. But bears, uh-huh. where do you go to get away from bears? You can't outrun them. You can't outclimb them. They can open doors. They can break windows. I mean, unless you're like flying above the earth, you are not safe from bears. And even then, check the plane because they can go on it because they can do something that sharks can't, and that's breathe oxygen. (laughs) Because they breathe oxygen, they can go wherever we go. Like if they snuck onto your space capsule, they could, you know, murder you in space. There's just no stopping bears. And that's that's all I have to say on the matter. You know, bears, the nice thing about your argument is you're only talking of maybe six months out of the year because bears, they take a little siesta for the other six months. And, yeah, they've got to eat uh, two metric tons of salmon to get ready for the big hibernation. But most of the year, they are hunkered down like my Uncle Leroy. They are just out with a uh, maybe a half-drunk Pabst Blue Ribbon in one hand and Sports Center on the TV. Uncle Leroy, not very threatening in that position. And most bears hibernating, you can't wake them up with a sharp stick to the eye. So, no, they're not all that intimidating. Sharks, I don't think sharks sleep. Sharks have bleary, bloodshot eyes, and they are angry. Because you know, James Breakwell, how much you enjoy your sleep. Imagine a whole lifetime of having to keep moving or you die. That's what sharks are like. they got to go forward or they don't get oxygen through those gills. If you had to just keep moving, 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 you would be one angry hombre looking to eat somebody at some point. And that's what we got with sharks. Okay. So let's. I'm going to propose our first ever wrong and wronger science experiment. And here's how it's going to go. Your hypothesis is that you can walk up to a sleeping bear and poke it with a sharp stick in the eye and it won't do anything. I've been... I think we need to test that. <laughs> I want to give you the sharp stick and find a sleeping bear and see what happens. I am... One of my earliest memories of watching television with my parents was a Dateline special about this crazy guy. And this crazy guy <laughs> wanted Phillips. to test... Yeah, well, he wanted to test the blood from a hibernating bear, and he wanted to test it from a hibernating bear because, you know, they want people to hibernate in space, and he thought the bear must be doing oh, something special for this I'm blood. with you. All right, I'm but with you. bears in zoos don't hibernate, so he's like, I have to find a hibernating bear and poke it with this tiny needle that he'll never even feel, and he spent <laughs> the next decade of his life designing battle armor so we could get within 15 feet of a bear <laughs> to poke it with a needle on the end of a stick. And he was testing it. He was like hitting this thing with cars, hitting it with like swinging cinder blocks on ropes, paying guys to hit him with baseball bats. And these things were all just a fraction of the abuse <laughs> that he expected to take from a single bear taking a nap. Bears are that scary when they sleep. And if they're that scary when they sleep, God help you if they're awake. 
I realize that bears have a certain unpleasant disposition a certain amount of time during the year, but James, have you ever been to the circus? Yes. Okay, I'm glad you paused for me to come in there. I will just say yes and let you continue with your irrelevant. It it was not a rhetorical question, nor was it semi-rhetorical. I was actually curious because I I don't know, given your surly disposition generally, if you had fun as a kid, but apparently you did at least once. I I didn't say I enjoyed the circus. I said I went to the circus. (laughs) It was two very different things. No, I believe that. that. Bears ride unicycles. Bears perform. There are ringmasters and bear masters that get right up next to the bear. They'll ride the bear. They'll hug the bear. You don't see any sharks in a circus. You don't see underwater circuses that have sharks involved because the shark would take one look at the trainer and go, come here, I got a couple of words for you, and that's the last you ever hear of the trainer. Bears, they have, uh, they have needs and wants and dreams and aspirations, and if you can fulfill a bear's needs with a salmon, that bear is your buddy for life. A shark, they they just keep wanting more. The uh, I, I, I'm going to agree with you. There are no underwater circuses. Just a, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to ponder the logistics of how that would work. Trying to set up a tent at the well, bottom of the no, ocean. No, 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 Everyone's no. SeaWorld here has to go a... down below. That, that's not a thing. It's oh, not a thing. SeaWorld's got Shamu in a tank, and they got walrus eye yeah, in a tank. With, like even their killer whales kill people. Like the, the killer whales are more deadly than sharks over there. I mean, they've got they've got issues. Even dolphins beat up and kill people. Everything in the sea kills you. I mean, that's just what stuff dolphins, in the sea does. It, really? doesn't kill you as well as a bear um like you know you when you feed a bear you have you have not uh you have not made a friend or you know created like a servant or a buddy like you've you've you're, you've found an employer like your job is to keep feeding that bear and if you don't <laughs> feed that bear it'll break into your house and eat your food and if you're out of food it'll eat you like you see signs up all the time don't feed the bears and it's because they get so bold that eventually the only thing you can do is kill the bear because if you relocate it, they're so smart and so fast, they're just going to keep coming back. And, like, you can't even – you can't even avoid it. Like, they say, like, with a shark, you get you get attacked. Like, well, we'll punch it in the nose because sharks are sissies and they're not used to you fighting back. <laughs> what do you do if a bear attacks you? Like, the old knowledge of playing dead. Bears eat dead things. Like, that's their favorite thing no, to eat. Oh, man, I saw the revenant. Thing, they kill it, then eat it. So you don't uh, you don't play dead for a bear. But if you fight back, it's going to get madder and eat you faster. There's no good solution. Bears are nature's killing machine, not sharks. Well, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to, like a bear, rest on our laurels on this one. We're over 14 minutes, and we're going to try to work toward a 15-minute max we got to end it. And I think most people would agree that I won that argument. So I'm going to put that one in the W column for Dr. Steve. If by most people you mean the imaginary people on the applause roll at the front, I will agree with you. But the actual human listeners with, you know, ears and critical thoughts, they're clearly going to agree with me and be terrified of bears for the rest of their life, as they should be. So life lived in fear is a life well lived. If I know your mother like I think I do, she's going to side with me on this one. She she already thinks you're a turtle psychologist, so I don't know that you should care about her opinion a whole lot, but she will side with me by default. All right. Well, unfortunately, we have to default until next week. And uh, until then, this is Steve Olivas for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying follow us on Twitter. Breakwell's at Exploding Unicorn, and for most of you, just put the letter X in and he will populate. He is that muscular on Twitter. I think Facebook, you've got Facebook at Exploding Unicorn also, don't you, James? 
Yes, Exploding Unicorn has the E on, on Facebook. On Twitter, it's without the E. Oh, all right. Did not know that. I'm Steve Olivas, at Steve Olivas. That's Steve with a V, and I say that only because it's like fingernails on a chalkboard for the unicorn. Olivas is O-L-I-V-A-S. Follow us. We'll make you laugh and make you cry and hopefully take your money someday. Because we used to take your beer when you were up on stage and we were trying to make it as a garage band. But until next week, Steve Olivas for James Breakwell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Good week.